Welcome to Tech Junior. Hey everyone, welcome to the show and thanks for listening. Uh, today we're going to be going over what we've learned uh, after being developers professionally for an entire year. So uh, Eddie and I started uh, working as developers in uh, September of 2018. Uh, currently it is October, so a year and a month, but uh, we're going to go over you know, what we've learned, what surprised us, and kind of how our expectations were true or, or not true. Um, so we, we hope you enjoy it. If you enjoy the show uh, and you want to support us, head on over to techjr.ev and click subscribe. Uh, tweet us at TechJR Podcast, leave a review on iTunes, tell your friends, do all the things, and uh, anything that you can do is appreciated. Hey, welcome to Tech Junior. I'm Eddie. I'm a front-end developer from Orlando, and uh, here's I have Lee with me. Hey, it's Lee, front-end guy. Uh, no, you're supposed. Uh, you should have said full stack guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, full stack guy. A, a little different. And uh, today we're talking about um, our one-year anniversaries. So we're we've been developers for a year now. Yeah. And uh, we've experienced uh, what it's like to be a developer. Uh, coming from boot camp, and um, I don't know. Uh, how should we start this today? So uh, I had a couple ideas. Um, okay. Like you said, we've been developers for a year. Uh, learned some things. Um, kind of got a little bit of experience under our belts. Uh, got into the swing of being software developers, making pull requests, and working on agile teams and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, first of all, I uh, <clears throat> kind of wanted to talk about what we did learn uh, since we started. So, um, anything that you uh, that you learned that kind of surprised you, or um, the agile stuff? Like, since you mentioned that, uh, not surprised me, but not I know what that means now. Uh, sprints yeah, I had no and, idea. <laughs> yeah, the sprint. I like I heard like a little bit. Like the teacher would mention it uh, in the boot camp every now and then. Uh, but like sprints and retros and planning and didn't really expect all the meetings that we've been in, like, and the hours of like that go into just like preparing to work before you actually work, which yeah. is cool. Cause it, it cuts down on like the, uh, just kind of like questions and stuff like that you might have going into the things that you're assigned to do. So that kind of helps. Yeah. I, uh. I agree with you. I, I learned um, a lot of how to sit in a meeting, um, tons of meetings, meetings for days, endless meetings, uh, endless emails. I just get tons of emails from people like all across the company all day long. Yeah. If and anyone follows like, me on Twitter, you'll see uh, occasionally I do doodles in my meetings and I post them on Twitter. It's <laughs> <that's laughs> a, a solid uh, strategy to pay attention because uh, I'll like look at Twitter or something or uh, my, my mind wanders because it's like, you know, if they're bike shedding over something, like exactly. Gonna, yeah. Oh, this thing should be named this, or it should be named this. I'm like, don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Let's just do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> not so, to, uh, yeah, not to downplay that stuff. Like it is important. And, yeah. um, like you said, it, it, it's kind of like you're bored up front so that you're not frustrated later. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. It does. Yeah. So it's, what uh, else did you, uh, what did you learn? 
Um, I want to say that I learned that not everybody knows everything. Like yeah. com- coming into development, I kind of pictured, um, I would sit down at like a table and I would be the odd man out that just kind of was like winging it basically. <laughs> and everybody else is all professional and knows exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And, yeah. uh, that's not the case at all. Like everybody is kind of learning as they go and they just don't have all of the answers. Uh, like I thought that they would like senior developers don't have all the answers. They have some answers. They may have some experience and may have learned some things the hard way or have like battle scars or something from, uh, projects that they've done or things that have blown up or failed or whatever. But that doesn't mean that they know a hundred percent the right way to do something. Yeah. How many uh, senior developers do you have on your team? Uh, we currently, uh, my team is pretty small, so I've got, uh, about five people on the team, including myself and our top person has the most experience. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his experiences in backend development with C sharp. Oh, okay. Um, so he does, he does know a lot about front end development. Uh, but I think he got his start, you know, with backend development, at least I I'm assuming I haven't really grilled him too much about it, but, uh, so he has the most experience below him is, um, the team lead who has, uh, maybe around five years experience. Okay. And then under him is the rest of us. And we have, you know, I have obviously one year experience. Uh, the other two guys have, um, I think just a few years experience. So. Okay. What about you? Uh, the team has grown pretty large, but we're mostly like all junior developers. (laughs) Um, there are a couple of like the people and, um, I guess leading the teams are, seniors at least on on my team there's a senior developer um and then i think and that's like eight of us and there's uh let's see uh my boss who's been around for i think he has like 15 years of experience or something uh and then there's another guy on our team that works remotely that also has uh bunch of experience and we kind of lean on him to like, kind of get us through some of the troubles and stuff that we get through, um, get into, uh, on, in the project. And then there's a bunch on the other side, but, uh, don't really know too much. Cool. So, um, yeah. does, uh, your boss with 15 years of experience, does he know everything? Probably fi- not. 15 years <laughs> is like a ton of experience. So yeah, super yeah. salty growing barnacles like that he is crusty <laughs> developer <laughs> but uh, uh but that i think that's just his personality probably. Uh, you know you worked <laughs> yeah, with him too <laughs> I, I <do. laughs> but uh but yeah like my boss doesn't know everything um he doesn't know every aspect or quirk of javascript like he doesn't know everything about the browser um everybody's kind of like learning daily so he's off doing yeah. Maybe like um, some higher priority things like, you know, performance tweaks and stuff like that. Um, okay. Whereas I may be doing like more generic like UI work, but uh, we're both like kind of discovering and learning things every day. So in my mind, like when I started, I kind of thought like, you know, 
it was this uh, man behind the curtain situation where like, you know, the it's like the great and powerful wizard senior developer. And <laughs> now it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's just a guy at a keyboard. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was that was surprising to me. So I think, you know, w- what I learned was that we're all learning yep. uh, every day, learning new stuff. It's impossible to know it all, basically. Yeah, there's too much. I was going to curse. Uh, sorry. There's too much <laughs> stuff out there uh, <laughs> to know everything. I'm having trouble just keeping up with like the little bit that I have to learn for work and personal projects and stuff like that. It's it's pretty difficult. Cool. Uh, was there anything, uh, moving on to the next point, anything surprising or unexpected? Um Anything totally against your expectations? Um, I don't know. I've I've heard it like just preparing for work, but like um, I've heard people say, "Oh, you're gonna write like I don't know how many like a few lines of code per day, and then the rest of the time you're gonna be on Google, like and <laughs> trying to figure st- stuff out." Um, yeah, that that's kind of true. At least yeah. for me, occasionally, yeah. There've been days where I spend most of my day just searching and trying to figure stuff out. I have a problem where I I wait a little may probably a little too long to uh ask for help. So I'll I'll like research something to death before I I ask a question. Um yeah. So, what about you? Yeah, that's a that's a skill on a, all on its own, right? Yeah. Like knowing when to when to ask for help. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I think I was really going to say like the amount of meetings that I have to sit through, That's but true that kind of translates to the amount of code that you actually write. Um, so, you know, you may have a ticket that's like change a button or whatever, and that pull request could be a few lines of code, but then like the meetings that you have to have where you're like bike shedding over, oh, well, you should have named this variable this, and we don't do the code this way. And you know, yeah. our style says you don't use an underscore. You just name it like this or is loading or whatever. I've had um, that in a lot of comments in my PRs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you end up like making another commit that's like change variable name or, or something stupid. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like jumping on calls and doing, you know, reviews and stuff. So um, even even like, oh, I got stuck and I found out this like, OK, now we have a meeting about it where. We do like this knowledge share between myself and like the team leads. Where okay. It's like, okay, I discovered this and how should we proceed? And then we all kind of like hash out what the, the next steps are, which is I think good, but also like I didn't picture it being that way at all. I pictured like sitting at a desk, pounding out code for like eight hours, and, like yeah. making a bunch of pull requests, knocking out a bunch of tickets and uh, that being the majority of the day. But it's just not like that. So no, no, not at all. It's it's a lot. Um, but what uh, have you picked up any new skills since you started? Oh yeah, I've uh I've learned a lot. So some of it actually from like my side projects and stuff, not necessarily from work. Okay. Um, obviously, like you know, I worked with you, and we were on uh, an Angular code base um, that was in like ionic and cordova and all this other stuff so i learned um a little bit about angular and about typescript made some apps in that then switched jobs to this new uh position where we're using Vue and nux so got to learn that 
uh, we learned React in the boot, uh, boot camp, so got to like use all of the front end technologies, like all the big frameworks. Um, got to use a little bit of TypeScript, which I didn't think I would ever do. Um, <laughs> I learned some Redux and NGRX and stuff, which was like, is still the most challenging thing I think there is. NGRX? Um, yeah, NGRX. Or just re, uh, like Both. Redux and, okay. Just yeah. like that that pattern of state management is is pretty tough to get a handle on. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. NGRX I, data is kind of cool. It's less oh, yeah. uh, less uh, um, boilerplate and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, there was like three NGXS. files instead of like five hundred files. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that like I've learned enough about it that I get why there's so much boilerplate and like I get the conventions now. Yeah, but I still too. don't like having to make all the files and everything. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. What? Uh, what? Well, also, I was gonna say I learned um, a little bit more about testing than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because I I've written a bunch of unit tests uh, lately. Well, not lately. In this project that we're working on. Um. Yeah. So I'm better at it. I still don't like it. Um. And you know. It's it's still a pain, um, but yeah, I've gotten better at that. And then Angular, I didn't know Angular before I started, so I mean that's cool. Um, getting to do that, we're using Angular JS, and so I but I've started doing Angular two plus stuff outside of work, um, doing little apps here and there. Um, what else? TypeScript is, I guess that's been a thing, because uh, we're using TypeScript with Angular JS, which isn't typical. Interesting. Yeah. So is, that's kind of cool. Is that a headache to set up, or I guess it's already set up? It was already project. set up. Yeah, I didn't have to do any of the paint stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was already set up. Uh, but yeah, just learning TypeScript in general has been kind of cool. Uh, I like the IntelliSense and that stuff. It is a pain to. Uh, do something quickly which i know we've said before and uh, we did a live stream recently and we kind of noticed like it's some kind of a pain in the butt to do something quickly uh, it, it can be um yeah. it really turned me off whenever i first started using it in angular like if you don't have any guidance on it and there's nobody to turn to to like help you out yeah you get stuck on you know like a click event or something okay how do i type the event Oh gosh, I have no idea. So you end up like on Google and you're looking up like what's the proper HTML form event or some kind of garbage that I need to use. Yeah. And there's like, if you have somebody that can just be like, Oh Lee, it's just you, you know, shift click on the function and it will show you what it returns or something mm -hmm. like that. <clears throat> that would be like so much more helpful than just struggling through it on your own. Um, and that's like kind of where TypeScript is difficult, in my opinion. It's not like basic TypeScript because it's pretty smart about figuring out like what type you're giving it based on the variable and stuff. So you don't have to explicitly type out everything. But those like edge cases where you're working with third party code or an API response or stuff like that. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you're like typing out some weird object or receiving like an object into your function. Uh, that's where it becomes a pain. And then you're like spending hours on weird type puzzles and 
you know, you feel like you're spinning your tires and not getting anything done. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, do you allow any's in your nope. code base? <laughs> nope. What about, uh, there's TS a, ignore? uh, well, yes, but we can only use it in, um, in our unit tests for interesting whatever reason. Um, but yeah, if you use an any, the linter will scream at you. Or if you, because you have, we have to import it so it can go into the project that we're where you're working on. So it, it'll do the compiling and then import it. Um, and it'll you you'll hit a bunch of errors if you use any. Hmm. So um, so you can't use any. So everything has to be typed, and we have this huge like definition file where all the interfaces live. <laughs> and then, sounds like yeah. pretty awful. Yeah, and then that's imported, and then you gotta like use them and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a pain in the butt. But I still like it because you know, it's nice to see like I have I'm working with this function. I need I want to know what this API call does or whatever, and just like hover over the um, definition, and then you know, you you I get the whole thing back. I think with like more modern stuff. Um, than AngularJS, uh, you probably have your types and stuff living in the function mm -hmm. or your interfaces at least. So like if you have an interface specific to that component, um, it will live in that file and then you can just like import the interface from that component in your test or something like that. And if you have like a helper library or something, like if you're putting stuff that like interfaces in your component that you're using all over the place, that's probably like something you need to factor out into its own service or like helper function or utility or something anyway. Yeah. So that's a thing I learned too over this past year. Like we've wrote a bunch of helper functions for like the project that we're working on too, which is kind of cool. We, I was kind of forced to do it because I wasn't <laughs> really like, Oh, you're using this a lot. You should probably write, write a helper function to put into the template and like, okay, well that makes sense. And just seeing those patterns like come up every now and then that that's been kind of helpful. Like seeing uh, I'm doing this repeatedly. I should probably write a function for this instead of just like copying and pasting it all over the place. Yeah, so exactly. That that's been kind of cool. Like it's I've it's I've had to do it multiple times because I'm like, you know, whatever I I'm starting to notice it now. Like I'm getting tired of getting yelled at in a PR. Like, hey, you should probably do this. <laughs> so, like, oh, just so I don't want to hear this anymore, I want to make sure I do it. But it does make sense to do it that way. Uh, so that's that's all starting to come together now. So that's kind of cool. What about uh, stuff that you don't know still? Everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Ditto. <laughs> yeah. Still don't know everything. Yeah. Um stuff I don't know. Sheesh. Uh I'll go I'm still first. not Yeah, go well you can go first. I'll just say I'm still not comfortable with anything. Just, so I yeah, I still uh I still feel terrible about testing. Like I am not yeah, super yeah. great with testing. I don't do unit tests at work. Um I jumped into end to end testing as kind of like a research thing for our front end. But we're just now starting to get into projects where we're gonna dive like headfirst into TypeScript and test driven development. Oh, so okay. uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, Is that why you're making an effort to learn TypeScript now? No, I'm just kind of like, I'm tired of everybody like <laughs> knocking on my door and trying to sell it to me. So I figured <laughs> I would give it a shot. Like, you know, maybe there is something to all the fuss that everybody makes about it. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, like at work, we're all going to have to learn it. So yeah, I could pretty much sit on my heels and just kind of wait for that to happen. But, uh, no, I just kind of like, I've met and spoken to enough people that are like cheerleaders for it that I just figured I should give it a second shot. Um, I'll be the first person to tell you, like, I hate it and I hate getting <laughs> stuck on tight puzzles and I think I don't need it for 90% of what I'm doing. But at the same time, like, I understand the benefits to it on a code base. Yeah. And I understand, like, yes, the IntelliSense is cool, but uh, it can save your bacon if you're doing or if you're being careless, I guess. And yeah. we're all careless at some point. So it has its merits, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Do you have to do anything to get that working in view? Um, as far as I know, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through yeah. for view two, but view three is going to be written in TypeScript. So whenever that okay. drops, which I think will be probably the end of the year or beginning of next year, it should be super easy to bring in TypeScript. Okay. That's cool. Um, it is kind of like a funky thing now because view has like you write everything in an object that you export. Mm hmm which is kind of weird. And uh, so like React, everything's functional. Um, Angular, everything's like a class. And then Vue, everything's an object. Okay. It's just like mag magically turned into a class somewhere else. So there's a lot of weird stuff that kind of is That's in the way of, of TypeScript, I feel. Okay. That's or maybe I'm totally wrong. Like I haven't tried it, but I've heard that there's it's kind of painful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I heard that too, which is why I asked. Um anyway, oh, uh, what don't I know? Oh, yeah. So testing, <laughs> um <laughs> I still don't know like a ton about TypeScript. Uh I still don't know a ton about um design patterns. Still don't yeah, know sorry. a ton of stuff about data structure and algorithms. Like I know more than I used to a little bit, but I don't like I don't I didn't get a CS degree in this past year or anything. Yeah. Um and then like global state management, Redux, NGRX, all that kind of stuff. Like I'm a lot better at it. I feel like I could use it a lot better. Vuex mm -hmm. is a piece of cake. It's uh super easy. Um but I'm still not, you know, a master of that kind of stuff. Like Redux has its own quirks and stuff when you pull it into React, like it has Instead of the Redux library, you're pulling in like React Redux, like React hyphen Redux from NPM. Oh, really? And then Angular, like, I think you have to cut off a leg and like burn it and sacrifice <laughs> to some obscure god to like do this ritual to create 3 million files and bring in your project. Yeah. Um, now, you could probably tell me about NGRX at this point. Um, I mean, I haven't used it a ton just in that first project that we were both on and oh, okay. it just kind of never came up again. So I <laughs> still I a was, boogeyman in the closet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing I don't know. Uh, though I've been re like researching it lately cause we're doing a side project and I was thinking about using it just for the hell of it. Uh, just to learn it, uh, along with some other stuff. Um, but yeah, like I've, same boat as far as things I don't know. What about uh, uh, RxJS? Uh, Have you gotten any more experience with that? Uh, a little bit because I mean, what we're working on now doesn't use it. Okay. Um, because it's like, or there's like a third party system involved in this whole thing, and then the, the, you know, 
there there are other ways of doing what they're doing uh but no just in the small like angular projects that i've done at, uh, on my own i've used it a little bit uh use you know just for um http like client and you know regular crud stuff gotcha uh that's about it cool what would you change or or is there any advice that you would give to yourself any advice that i uh yeah like you step in a whatever your time machine flavor of choices <laughs> delorean uh, yeah artists. i want a delorean uh okay so you jump <laughs> in your delorean you hit you hit whatever the i don't know 70 it, miles an hour or, isn't, no it's isn't that 80, 80? 80 or point i forget however I know many it's in gigawatts the you need yeah you travel back in time one year uh see yourself before you start your first day of work what do you tell yourself uh don't take well that sounds bad i was gonna say don't take it too seriously but like don't be too hard on yourself <laughs> no i think that's that's good like don't don't take it too seriously right yeah it's the reason i had the panic attacks and stuff like that because i needed to like really i felt like i really had to know my uh, when i walked in the door and i then I, I of course i always felt like i didn't know anything and then i still um, feel like that some days yeah 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 <laughs> but because of it i like you know, I was really hard on myself, which is why I, I panicked and, you know, I had, a, you know, uh, just mentally going through a bunch of stuff. Uh, and that's the, the biggest thing I'd say, just like it's it's not as serious or don't take it as hard as, uh, I don't know, don't be very hard on yourself, like just take it easy. Um, everyone's kind of like, especially us at that time, there were a lot of juniors walking in the door at the same time. Right. I just like in, in my head, it's like a little bit of a competition. Like I need to know, I need to know I'm in some place at, at, at some level of competency as far as code is like compared to everybody else and if i feel like i'm lower than you know i'm, I'm gonna be really hard on myself like it's survivor like yeah yeah you're gonna be the i last, don't know it, and it's all in my head challenge. it doesn't make any sense but yeah you're like eddie you're off the island yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> no I, Ten I people walk in way. yeah and you leave yeah i remember um there were some developers that got there like literally what a few months before we did yeah, and uh, they had been working on this code base and had been making commits and stuff, and so I looked at them and was like, "What? What am I missing? Like, what's the? How do I make commits to this monster?" Um, but really, like, they were not as clueless, but still pretty dang clueless on it. You know, I remember you asking like, "How long did it take before you got comfortable?" And you, they said like two months. <laughs> Yeah, and it, they had been there about two months before us. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't think they were still comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. There's still a lot of stuff going on. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. We make it out to be this, like, thing in our heads where uh, you've got to jump in and and be perfect, like, from day one. And you're going to, like, pass code reviews immediately and make commits and stuff and they're going to be great and yeah. otherwise like you're gonna get fired or something yeah i mean I jumping into that code base was like i i mean i don't even i'm still new to all of this so i don't know how big that is compared to like another job <laughs> like what compared to what you work on 
that's about the same size it's about the same size yeah that's intimidating for like your first job never really like done anything before like the things i've worked on after that were so really small so i can wrap my head around those things and even the thing i'm working on now it's big now but when i started it was smaller so we gradually got to a point where it's huge um so i kind of like way more comfortable with it because i know where everything is i don't have to like if they tell me to like change this button in this you know in this modal or whatever i kind of know where that everything is yeah and we jumped into that last thing that was huge first day first day of work like i had no idea what the hell i was doing yeah here clone this okay yeah oh god it's still cloning (laughs) (laughs) use this mock you know data thing and like kind of run it at the same time as your app and it's going to do this and that and the other like i I have no idea what you're saying right now you know (laughs) (laughs) wait what's a mock server wait you made a whole server that's just fake stuff yeah Uh, yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) i I totally get you um that's uh that that first code base is tough, um, especially because it was like a, uh, what's the word, like a, a production level, uh, like enterprise application where it's yeah, kinda, like there's literally no English in it. It's all variables because everything that was is another thing. What's it translated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, whenever you open up the template, there's like nothing that you can read because yeah. it's all like. There's a language uh, screaming file. snake case like language file enums yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you're like, uh, I can't even. So you get a ticket that's like change the text on this button, and you're like, you go to the file with the button because you use the inspector, and there's there's nothing for you to change <laughs> in, that, in that component because it's being translated on the fly. So yeah. uh, <laughs> stuff like that is uh, it's it's very shocking and like discouraging, and then having to write tests when you make that change and stuff. Oh yeah, and or like what happened to me where I made a change and it was in a file where the team like didn't write tests for it. So now that I made the change, now I had to write all the tests for that file. That was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean it teaches you to write like smaller functions and stuff like that, so you can write unit tests that are aren't you know gigantic like what you had to go through that first time. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing is like, there's this whole philosophy to testing that I didn't even realize was there. Yeah. Like I thought it was kind of like a black and white thing where it's like, Oh, well you just need X amount of test coverage. And the, the like, this is an industry standard. Everybody must hit 80% or some nonsense like that. But, uh, you know, if you research front end development testing, some people say don't write any unit tests. You know, they say only That's write what I was told. integration tests or, you know, write end-to-end tests. And, you know, when we started, we didn't know what any of those things were. <laughs> so. Yeah, my teacher in the boot camp was like, oh, most companies are don't have the money or time to write unit tests, so don't worry about it right now. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah it, a and, bigger company will, like, spend time and money on unit tests, so, like, you know, the chances are you won't be like he, I guess he wasn't in a company where they had that privilege to like, you know, spend the extra time and money on unit tests. So, well, and the thing is like unit tests are, you're getting so deep into the, the component, like you're testing, did this variable change or did this one function, like when I click this button, did it change the state of the component to this? And it's like, that your tests are so small that 
you're not really testing anything. Like at that point, you're kind of testing does Angular work or does React work or something instead of like, did I do this thing as a user and see this thing as a user? Yeah. So like speaking to, to Gil on that episode was like really enlightening. Um, you know, when he said, uh, you know, write tests, mostly integration, not too many. Yeah. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense as a front end developer. Uh, I guess as a, as a back end person where you're doing like a lot of like finite kind of granular logic stuff, like, yeah, it makes sense to write unit tests. Yeah. But for front end code, it's kind of, you can do a lot of work testing and get like a really high code coverage and not really be testing anything at the end of the day. Yep. Which you and, know all about that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Testing branches is a pain in the butt. I keep yeah. wanting to say something else. Um but <laughs> but yeah, um that's been our biggest problem. Like we have eighty percent like or higher across the board and then the branches are like forty. So. Yeah, so uh I, I read this article that was like you should have one hundred percent test coverage. Oh get the <laughs> Well get the thing here. is he says uh <laughs> You should have 100% um, coverage, but that means that you should have considered 100% of your code for writing tests. If you don't need a test or if the test is like outlandish or something, add a comment or whatever that skips it in your test coverage so that you always have 100%. So you've you've looked at a line of code and said like, okay, this is like, let's say you write a endpoint that's like all it does is return a 200 or something like, yeah, you could write a test for that, but you're basically testing express at that point or something. So maybe you'd write a comment that's like, okay, we don't need to test this. Okay. It sounds like you would also like manipulate that. So you get a hundred percent. Well, his argument is that you guys writing more testable code is also manipulating the code base. Yeah, like instead of instead of writing tests for the stuff that needs to be tested, you're making smaller functions so you can jack up your test coverage higher, so that you can hit that arbitrary eighty percent and keep rolling. All right, then let's just not write tests. Then. Yeah, <laughs> now I just like uh, definitely done that before. Don't want to admit to that. <laughs> yes, I have. Uh... So that's uh. Yeah, testing is. Uh, I, I had no idea when I started that it was such like a. Like there was such a philosophy to it. Like, I kind of thought it thought of it as like this busy work kind of stuff that you had to do. It was like really hard to do, but also like of low value and kind of. Yeah, I kind of wish they spent just a tiny bit more time, in the boot camp just talking about it. Even yeah. if we didn't do a ton of it, just like to really. Tell us like what it is and why it's important stuff like that yeah absolutely so yeah moving on uh is there anything that you're surprised by as far as like what you're doing now surprised by um so like i didn't figure that i'd be doing a podcast like if you told me and I, oh okay, i was okay. doing I a podcast for work yeah. well as a developer oh okay yeah you, the, uh, definitely considering my personality and all the <laughs> you know, social anxiety issues I have, like doing this is like the last thing I thought I'd do. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm just not that that person. At least I didn't picture myself as that kind of person that would be doing a podcast. 
Because yeah, to me, I, it's like, who wants to listen to us, right? A couple of, yeah, exactly. A couple like, of knuckleheads. Yeah. <laughs> Especially me. Um, yeah, I submitted to a, a conference like yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. What, which uh, is pretty cool. What did you uh, submit I, and who did you submit it to? It was for a dev fest in Orlando, um, which I know you also submitted to. I did. Uh, and it was just, I submitted one. I know you submitted a couple or more than a couple. Yeah, but what did you uh, submit? Uh, it was... Uh, it was the A-Frame. I know I talked about it on the podcast before. Just the intro to AR and VR uh, using the browser, like a beginner's course kind of thing. Would you have pictured yourself volunteering to give a talk on AR and VR when you started the boot camp? And, or no. when you finished the boot camp? <laughs> no, not at all. Do, in the boot camp, the presentations were like the worst part of that <laughs> entire experience. That first presentation was so bad. My first project was really, really bad. Uh, I made up for it, you know, in the next two, but it was, it was, uh, like the, in high school, I hated doing presentations. And stuff oh, like that, dude, so. me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Doing this voluntarily. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. For, uh, for no money. Like, yeah. No money. No, um, like they're not going to give you a t-shirt or yeah. you might get a t-shirt. I hope I get a t-shirt. That'd be the only thing you get. Like <laughs> there's no, like cash prize there's no incentive beyond like oh i want to share this information and maybe yeah, a t-shirt yeah um so. but yeah because everyone i i mentioned uh a frame two doesn't seem to know what it is so it'd be nice to just tell people about it and do like a short presentation yeah yeah so it'd be cool yeah i never uh i never liked doing that stuff in school yeah um you do it quite a bit now I don't feel like I do it that often, but um, I guess I kind of have. Yeah, you have. Uh, yeah, I've done like, what, in the year that we've been doing this thing, like what, three talks? You did two at work. And then one at a meetup. Uh, yeah, that's it? Uh, well, you've also, you did two that I that I was not at. I know that much. Hmm. Didn't You did the front end thing at someplace in Gainesville as well. Oh, yeah, that was the PWA talk. But you also did the front-end thing. Oh, yeah, Your yeah, front-end yeah. landscape talk? Yeah, same. Okay, so I've given the same You're three t- talks. Okay, I've given yeah. five talks, but it's only okay. been three different. I was counting all of them, yeah. Okay. Not yeah. just the talk itself. Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, like, so the development community is kind of great. Um, very supportive. Uh, yeah. It's not this culture of like, make you look bad so I can look good kind of thing. It's like, let's make everybody look good. Like, hey, you have useful information. Please share it. Okay, great. I learned something. Yeah. Um. There, There's just not this. I mean, there, there's bad people out there, but um, there's just not this attitude from, you know, other things that I've done in life where, so like playing music, for instance, Um, being a guitarist, like there's a lot of one-upping that kind of goes into that. So mm-hmm. if you go into guitar center and grab a guitar and plug it in, you you can play like, you know, whatever you're playing, some guy's going to sit down behind you and start like shredding on guitar, trying to like show you up basically. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it just makes you feel bad. You know, that guy just like probably sits at home and just plays that crap like all day long. Yeah. And, um, the thing that took me so long to realize, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the music episode was that, Nobody wants to listen to that. Like you don't turn on the radio and hear like 
10 minute guitar solos or just like 3 million notes in 30 seconds in a guitar solo. Like people want to hear music. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like that with development. Like you're not giving this talk for, for you to listen to because you already know it. Like you're giving it so other people can learn the stuff that you learned and people are really receptive to that. And so I've, you know, it, just like, you know, in, sitting in your car having a panic attack, like, yeah, you kind of have the, that bundle of nerves before you get up there and present. But I haven't had anybody validate that or give me any reason to be worried. Everybody's been yeah. kind of great. Um, the worst that's happened is like, I had somebody ask some weird questions in the middle of my PWA talk. <laughs> Firebase sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he didn't actually say that, but he kind of, he said he, something similar to that. Yeah, he implied. <laughs> it was like, well, why would you use it then? Or, or yeah. something like that. But uh, <laughs> like, if that's the the most heckling you're going to get, you know. It, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although, to be fair, I've had issues with Firebase lately. And kind of a, a pain. I have uh, to talk to Dwayne, I guess. I did, and it <clears throat> did not. Uh, we couldn't figure it out. Anyways. So, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that I'm doing the podcast. I'm surprised I'm writing a blog giving talks oh yeah um the meetup that you know you and i've been running pretty much for a solid year now yeah i'm surprised that that's still going uh i don't even know how I'm to getting make a bigger blog. honestly yeah be there, there's better there's a lot more um involvement than there used to be yeah uh we're up to like 700 members it's pretty cool um so yeah that that's going pretty well surprisingly and uh yeah blogging like i had no idea how to even make a blog when i got out of the boot camp i was like oh gosh i'm gonna try and freelance and someone's gonna ask me to make a blog and i won't be able to do it <laughs> and now here i am like today i or yesterday i published the post so that's pretty uh, it's cool not, not using a cms but like you know even that like i thought i would have to go out and learn php and learn cms's and stuff and wordpress yeah i have to learn wordpress and uh, that's just not what I thought it would be. There, there's yeah. a lot of other alternatives to that. Your recent so, blog was uh, you comparing all the front end stuff. Yeah, React yeah. versus Angular versus Vue. Yeah, I have to read that. So yeah, like I, <clears throat> like I said a few minutes ago, um, somehow I ended up using all three professionally. Mm-hmm. So like I teach React for the boot camp um, as a tutor. Um, I use Angular when we were working together. Uh, Angular 2 plus or I don't know what it was like 5 or 6 at the time yeah it was like 5 and currently using Vue so uh, I kind of feel like I got the experience and got my hands dirty with all three of them and could have some kind of opinion that makes sense about all of them that's cool I think uh, I'm tied between you didn't ask but I'm tied between React and Vue as far as my favorites (laughs) I would do Angular again if I had to, but uh, you it's, had not to. Fir- it's not my first choice. Okay. I, I don't feel like I'm like that much of a brain surgeon to use Angular. Like you've got to know <laughs> TypeScript inside and out. You've got to know uh, RxJS um, and, kind of, and, out. and buy into that. And like NGRX is its own monster. Yeah. And the CSS component scoping is terrible. Like I can't stand that. Really? that you can't get into a component and override it CSS because it's like it's wrapped by angular. 
like all components are scoped by default for CSS. Okay. Um, you don't like that? No. So like if you're using a component library like um, Angular Material, uh, if you try and override like, let's say you have a button or something, if you try and override that button, you have to do like weird hacks like ng-deep and stuff oh, Okay. in order to drill into the CSS to override it. And they're like deprecating all of that or already deprecated it. So they want you to, I imagine, they want you to create props that you can pass in like to change the styles as opposed to <clears throat> being able to override the styles with like a global style sheet or something. Mm. Okay. I guess I haven't run into that. Right. So basically like if you didn't write the component, you're kind of out of luck. Yeah. Which is awful in my opinion. But Yeah. I think I agree with you there. Um Hmm. Okay. I'm about to start <laughs> something, so I'm gonna keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> let me know, uh let me know if I'm wrong. Um Yeah, yeah, I will. Um I haven't really run into that much, but I ran into it when I was making uh some greenfield projects for uh the company that I worked for. Okay. So I was using a component library, Angular Material, because it's just like, you know, Google's material design components for everything, because I wanted to make like a prototype, and uh, I wanted to drill in and work with some stuff and change it, and it was a complete pain in the butt. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. So uh, what else for our first year? I'm still terrible at Git. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw that out there. Yeah, Um, I think me too. I still ask for help for that. Like rebasing stuff gives me nightmares. Um, reverting I do that commits all the time. is terrible. That, that yeah, that I have a. I haven't done much of that rebasing. I do all the time. I feel like I'm, like maybe my workflow isn't the way it should be. Like maybe I should be doing a lot of commits before making a. Pull I was going to ask you how many commits are you. Are you like a micro committer? I think it was Vincent no, who did no, that. No. <laughs> um. I'll end up doing like one commit that I think solves the problem. And then like do a code review. I'll be like, oh gosh, I left this console log in. Or, oh gosh, I forgot about this edge case that I didn't take care of. And then like have to make a commit for that. And then I'll come back and they'll be like, oh, well, you need to name this variable this. Or we need to move this function to the top instead of down here where it's at. Or to the bottom from the top. Or, you know, stuff like that. So I'll make another commit. So okay. <laughs> it kind of will, like the worst one I had was maybe a fair amount of commits <laughs> but because of things like that, where it's like you go to review, you get some feedback, you make some changes, go to review, get some feedback, make some changes. Um, typically, like I probably keep it to like around five to 10 at the most. Okay. Depending on how big of a feature it is. Yeah. I'll... If I remember, I'll make a commit after every big change and then, or something important or whatever. And then, um, I don't know when I do a pull request, I'll look at my diff just to make sure, um, I didn't forget anything or left, like you said, left a console log in there. I'll usually do like a, a search for a console log, um, and try to get them all out <laughs> and then just look at my diff to make sure I didn't forget something. Like, 
now we have a proxy that we use um so we have to get uh, uh, there's a url that we like have to put in to use a proxy and then um sometimes i, for, I forget and leave it in i have to take that out <laughs> so that's why i look at the diff to make sure um, i didn't forget to take it out yeah uh, yeah i've uh i've done some some stuff like that yeah right leave a console login or leave like test code in or something or like one I did, um, I left in code. Like I took it out the first time, but then I refactored and put it back. Yeah, that's and then I com- to me. then I accidentally committed it. But what it did was it like fifty percent of the time caused the request to fail because I was doing like error handling checks. Oh, so I would like refresh the page a bunch of times to see if it would blow up or succeed, and I left that in. <laughs> so I had to go make another commit. And it was already in a pull request, so I had to like make another commit to the PR as opposed to if it was local, I could have just like yeah reverted or did like a, uh, an amended commit or something like that. But once yeah. it's like already up on GitHub, you're kind of out of luck. So <laughs> you make the pull request. Like, they haven't looked at it yet. I'm going to change it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. or add something to it. Like whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I haven't like, I could, I can do branches and stuff in my sleep because that's, that's like every feature that I knock out, but yeah, uh, the other stuff is still gives me the heebie-jeebies whenever I have to do it. Yeah, cherry picking commits and stuff like that. It's, yeah, that's no thanks. Yeah, I don't think I've ever written like when I've merged and did like merge conflicts or something. Um, I've never written anything in Vim in like the commit message. I just uh, like. Okay. I do colon X out of it and just like close them every time. Okay. Like I don't even save and close. I just like quit them. <laughs> <laughs> so all my commits are like merge master or something like that. I've, I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I've accidentally like pushed, um, a conflict and you know, you get those carrots. Oh dude, I think I've done that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I can't remember when, but I'm pretty dang sure that I've done that before. So I remember seeing, I, no, I think I did do it at work. Okay. I'm just going to say that I did. Yeah. I had the, <laughs> the equal signs, like yeah. the, um, the incoming versus, uh, like current changes and stuff. Yeah. 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 Where the codes doubled up. That, that's awesome. Like, how did this end up in develop? I don't know. I'll fix it. <laughs> Whoops. Yep. I'll have a fix up one minute. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, I think that's all I got for for the one yeah, year me too. special. You want to yeah. go ahead and take us into Nerd Minute since? Uh... Okay. Yeah. And uh, so at the end of the show, uh, we usually talk about. <laughs> if you're new to the show, I don't usually do this. This is why Lee is laughing so much. Um, yeah, we usually talk about things we are into: anime, comic books, video games. Um, Lee, have you been into anything? What did you into? Yeah, uh, I started watching The Magicians. The ma- oh, is that good? It is pretty good. It's kind of corny. Like, uh, oh, really? I think the people that made Supernatural made it. Or some of the same writers or directors uh, okay. or producers or some well, people. I, I guess I can get an idea of the feel. Because I've seen yeah. a few it, episodes of Supernatural. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's not as campy as Supernatural can be. Because, well, I'll take that back. The first couple of seasons of Supernatural were like pretty, pretty good. Um, They didn't really um, get kind of wacky until the 
the later <laughs> seasons. So like the whenever the the storyline with the father that show kind of went on out. for a very long time, right? Didn't yeah, it just like recently it, end. It's still running. Like I think it's on its last season now. Oh, but it's okay. like ten seasons in or something. Wow. So, the first couple where they're kind of like on the storyline of, um, the dad fighting like a demon or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, was good. And then once like they freed dad from hell or whatever he was um then like one of the brothers gets possessed by the devil and it just goes off the rails from there oh, wow. it's just like madness because they keep having to like one-up stuff so then like they get an angel and start working like with the angel and then like the angel gets possessed and then like then they have to find something more powerful than angels and demons to fight and so okay it just like completely <laughs> gets bananas uh i don't even remember but there were like weird shark monsters that like ate people's heads and stuff. It was bizarre. <laughs> it was bananas. Uh-huh. But uh, the magicians is kind of like grown up uh, Harry Potter and Chronicles of Narnia or something. Okay. Maybe a, a mix of the two. You're walking in um, some errors and like seeing a whole nother world and stuff. Yeah, there there is uh, some inner or not mirrors. Chronicles of Narnia is the cupboard, right? Yeah, so the one of the characters goes into uh, a closet and goes to another world. So there's there's kind of that aspect to it. Um, There there's a little too much, I think, like sex and violence. I think in it. Okay. Um, That's a little over the top. Like you can tell, it's kind (laughs) of like a young adult like CW feel kind of drama. (laughs) Except it was on Sci Fi Channel, so they can get away with a little bit more. Okay. So there there's weird stuff like, you know people like like blood packs exploding kind of stuff like when there's like violent scenes and and you're like that's a little over the top (laughs) (laughs) but uh no it's been interesting so far uh it's kind of i didn't like i watched the first episode and i was like this is dumb i'm out (laughs) (laughs) and then recently i was like i'll give it another chance so i picked up from episode two and uh i haven't been able to stop watching it since how far apart was one to two uh, episode one from episode yeah, two. Yeah, from what you watching episode one to episode uh, two. Months. Months? Wow. What made you go back? I saw something on YouTube that was like, here's seven sci-fi shows that you should watch. Oh, uh, okay. Or something like that. And I was like, The Magicians. That was lame. Like, no, it's really awesome. It's a mix of Narnia and... Do you watch The Expanse? Uh, is that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I've already watched all three seasons. Okay. The Expanse is way better than The Magicians. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but I saw that. I think um, Amazon picked it up, right? They're doing the next season? Yeah. Okay. So that was a sci-fi show that uh, Amazon picked up because of a petition. Okay. Now, if they could do that for Firefly. Okay. Oh, that would be awesome. Pretty good. I don't know what, like with the rabid fan base that's out there, I don't know what kind of licensing hell that is in where they can't <laughs> pick it up and do it again. Yeah. Maybe Joss Whedon is just like over it. Probably. He's doing other things he's supposed to be doing batgirl if that's ever gonna happen really yeah that'd be interesting yeah i know he uh he he did a movie that was like a send-off of firefly where they like killed all the characters almost so, the serenity yeah yeah i've seen that that's pretty good so they kind of um they kind of removed the possibility of like future seasons that way killed like almost everybody on the ship yeah. So massive spoilers from 15 <laughs> years ago <clears throat> or 20 years ago. Gosh. 
But uh, yeah, but um, speaking of Batgirl, did you see the trailer for Birds of Prey? No. So it's, how's uh, how's it, that look? I uh, I watched it uh, with no sound <laughs> um, on Instagram, so I I didn't see a whole lot of it. But it looks like it's okay. just a Harley Quinn movie. <laughs> well, who who else is in it? I don't know. There's like people well, that I Bir- like. Birds of Prey was like Huntress and Black Wasn't Canary. Ivy in it? And I thought I thought um, Birds of Prey was like Huntress and Black Canary and some other people. I thought it were. I didn't know they were all villains. Uh, maybe Zatanna. Okay. I'm yeah, that that, that would right. probably that sounds like it'll fit, but um. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I, th- I don't know. I thought it was villains. Maybe I think it was a mix. Okay. What was the other girl? Uh, maybe it is Black Canary that I'm thinking of. Or yeah, Black Canary was like the one with the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Okay. Yeah. So you don't know who else is in the movie? Aside no, I saw Quinn. a couple of pictures, but I couldn't tell who was who, other than you know um, Harley Quinn. It's the same is Margot Robbie from the, suicide, the really bad Suicide Squad movie. It was okay. It was bad. <laughs> it could have been better. <laughs> oh, yeah. It could have been way better. <laughs> <laughs> that Joker was bad. Um, it was a interesting like take on Joker, yeah, I think. I, not, not my favorite. I'm not a huge... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jared Leto. Jared right? Leto, yeah. I'm not a huge Jared Leto fan. Uh, anyways. Um, anything else? Uh, I started playing Wolfenstein, the new order. Oh, okay. That first hour is a pain in the butt. I, I died. A- the whole game is kind of like that. But like, Did you have that problem in the beginning? No, the first- beginning was pretty smooth until... Oh, okay. I'm just bad at games. I got to, <laughs> uh, no, I died a lot, but oh, okay. there was a specific part where I just got stuck and I was like really frustrated by it. Um, cause they start throwing more and more enemies at you and I kind of get the feel that they geared it to be played with keyboard and mouse, but I've oh, been okay. playing it with a controller. So like it's a heck of a lot harder to aim with a joystick than with a mouse. And so, uh, does it have any kind of auto aim? There's like a slight assist to it, which is also okay. kind of funky. But uh, like if you pull the left trigger to aim, like it will auto aim a little bit. Okay. But otherwise, no. Um, but yeah, like they throw so many enemies at you. It's easy to get like overwhelmed. So I end okay. up using like a lot of cheap tactics, like run away and then pick people off as they chase you and stuff. Okay. Just because like the enemies are really bullet spongy. Oh, okay. Like you can get guys in like Nazis and armor and stuff that will come at you and you can put like multiple headshots on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're counting like the helmet as saving them or something, but um, yeah, like center mass hits will take a lot of shots to put them down. You pretty okay. much almost have to do headshots on, on the, the guards and stuff, which sucks. And then there's like these juggernaut enemies that, come out and they absolutely you can like shoot all of your ammo in but they give you like a laser gun oh really and you can like the laser gun is battery powered you can shoot the entire gun full of battery power and that will kill one of those juggernaut enemies wow so i've 
just past a part where I had three of them plus a bunch of other enemies. Mm-hmm. And so like trying to beat that was really frustrating. Uh, how do you like the story? It's uh, I didn't picture it going that way. Did you meet Jimi Hendrix? I did not meet Jimi Hendrix. Is that like a... That's like a thing, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it depends on a choice you make. I don't remember what it is. Oh, I probably got the wrong choice then. Yeah. There's only been one choice so far, and it was pretty miserable. You have to like pick who's going to die when okay. you finish the intro mission. And uh, I didn't choose, and he killed everybody. I was like, I guess I have to choose then. <laughs> so I just like pick the the one character. And uh, now like the other character in present day has like PTSD because I picked the other guy, which oh, is wow. really messed up. <laughs> so Either way, everyone's going to be sad. Yeah, the, the game is is pretty over the top. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty out there. But I don't know. It's it's fun so far. I, I there's moments where I get frustrated with it and I have to put it down. Yeah, that's what happened with me. I played that first session where you're like in the car, then you stop the car, and then you have to okay. kill everybody, then go back in the car, and then. Yeah, you have to I fight like, to the... robots, and yeah, you can have like and, uh, mounted turrets and like empty the entire mounted turret into the robot and still not die. And then you're yeah. kind of like, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> so I got to the end of that. I was like, oh, "I'm kind of done." Um, I've been meaning to go back to it, uh, but I was playing that on PlayStation Four. Okay. Um, so I, I didn't experience, I guess, any of the, I guess, issues you've had. I, I would assume it'd be the same though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just any, the enemies can be kind of bullet spongy at times. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? No, that's all you I got. Watching what, an, any enemy? Uh, what did I watch recently? I watched a uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress in like one day. Okay. It was all right. It was pretty good. What's yeah, that like, about? It's a, <laughs> it's a stupid concept. Um, I feel like anime just like they pick the wildest, stupidest, <laughs> like what if we had like I have a dartboard or something like what if we have zombies? Okay. Now what if it's in feudal Japan? Okay. And oh, I will have it, it's only like steampunk technology two or three episodes, right? Uh, so the one on it's Netflix a... is the sequel. You have oh, to watch it is the original on Amazon prime is the actual season. Oh, really? I'm, I'm going to have to go into that. Cause I, I watched the one on Netflix. So it's only like three episodes. Yeah, um, watched, it was it was cool. Zombies and it probably didn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense if you haven't seen the first one. Not really, but they <laughs> they had cool um like whatever steam powered guns or whatever that they would like shoot yeah, that, the zombies with. The action is good, so I can't really complain about that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The animation is really good. The first season uh, was good. There's a couple episodes in the middle that are kind of whatever, but otherwise, like I actually was surprised. It was pretty solid. But I have a hard time getting into anime sometimes because you get this concept that's just like so off the wall, (laughs) like uh, steampunk zombies and the zombies have hearts that are encased by iron and they can only die. Is that what it is? Yeah. They can only die if you pierce that iron heart or something. So it's like, oh, okay. Weird rules, but okay. Uh, Like they never explain where the zombies come from or stuff like that. No, that's that's like a... The two, the it's a girl and a guy, and why they're half zombie and what that means. The main character, like you see, how he stops becoming like a full blown zombie. Okay. In the 
first episode or the second episode. And basically like he gets like a choker uh, that he ratchets to his neck to like stop the spread of the infection. Okay. But uh, they don't, they don't explain like where the virus came from or anything like that. And that's kind of typical for Asian um, media. They'll often, you'll have like a monster or a ghost or something like that. And they don't really explain where it came from. And it's just kind of like, you're just supposed to take it as like this unnatural force that's, or like a force of nature or something that's happening. All right. Um, so I watched, um, C.S. Manos. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. I saw that pop up on Netflix. Yeah. It looks like, uh, the people that did, um, Jackie Chan adventures or something like the same animators. It's no, it's, it's a little different. It looks like the avatar animators maybe. It, it no well it's kind of like a mix of that and you ever watch young justice oh yeah 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 or any of like the d it's the same studio that does any of the dc um animated movies i it also watched familiar. hush hush today um, oh yeah i did see hush that was good yeah um it's i i looked it up because the, the animation and style look so similar it's not the same studio as it does the dc stuff but um, they, I think the studio also did the Castlevania stuff. Okay. On on Netflix, that looks more anime than this does. Yeah, this looked like an American cartoon. Yeah, it did. Uh, so it's basically it's um, it's takes place in the seventies in Mexico. There's these three people that are trained. They're all they're three orphans trained by a um. This kung fu master <laughs> in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. So okay. the villain, the villain is voiced by Danny Trejo. Naturally, which is, yeah, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, perfect villain voice. Uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's um, one of the characters can't speak because that villain guy cut his tongue out when he was a kid. Yikes. Um, yeah, his name is Silencio. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, basically, uh, Danny Trejo is like a drug lord trying to take over this town and he's making these weird, like, not zombies, but these demon-like people with blood from his witch mother. It, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and then one of those demons ends up killing their, their Sifu and who's also, yeah, Sifu, is that how you say it? What is it? Sifu? Is that how you say it? Like, well, anyway, their father, the guy that trained them. Oh. Uh, so, um, and so they go out to find out who killed him, and they end up, you know, the Silencio guy ends up going nuts and like murdering everybody he finds. Jeez. Um, by the, the, but the other two are not as like crazy, and they just beat people up normally <laughs> they don't kill anybody i gotta say uh, i don't feel sold on it the way you're describing it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah it's basically like the there's a drug lord trying to take over a town and he his mother was a witch so he's got her body like in this temple or whatever and he uses her blood to make these demons take over the town and that's so basically is it good it. yeah i thought it was okay it was, it was you said cool. it was six monos so six yeah, hands six, yeah six hands yeah Interesting. So, because it's the three characters. Um, 
Yeah, and there's also this fruit that grants you like eternal life as well in this whole mix and stuff like that. There's a lot of magic involved. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like out of One Piece or something? Uh, What do you mean, One Piece? Like yeah, the, One Piece has all the trees with the different fruit that give you different superpowers. Oh, kind of like that, I guess. This is just the one fruit. Uh, They're not like rubber fruits and a whatever the there's like a whole bunch of stuff in the one gum piece. gum tree or something like the that. gum gum tree yeah i keep calling it rubber fruit uh, <laughs> uh yeah i saw that i and then like i said i saw hush and hush was okay i i, I really don't remember the comic too much i, I did read it like i have it on my shelf ago. i remember liking it a lot um i couldn't tell you if it matched the comic or not yeah, like I, I, I don't remember that storyline very much. I at all. remember Hush being a different person. That's what I thought. I thought it was somebody else, but uh, yeah. And then the Riddler just being involved somehow. I don't remember. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then I started Devil May Cry Five. Okay, I uh, started. I started four. Like I'm really. <laughs> I played yeah. four like a long time ago. Um, I didn't get very far. Yeah, because four was like re-released in like uh, HD collection or something. Yeah, right? I don't think I've. I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I'm on the schedule of yeah. uh, <laughs> games where by the time the remaster comes out, like that's when I end up playing it. So if you see a game where it's like, oh, they have a remastered edition, like just know that that Lee is thinking about finally playing that game. He's the guy that they make those remasters for. Yeah, it's like I bought the original on sale. But now, oh, okay. like, I get the free remaster, so I'm like, okay, yeah. I guess I'll give it a shot. Um, I I played five because I have a Game Pass, okay, uh, for my Xbox, and it was on there. Um, and I I really like four. DMC is probably one of my favorite action games ever. Interesting. Um, and it's it was made a, by a com- different studio than the Capcom studio that makes these other ones. I wish they made a sequel to that, uh, but this new game is pretty good as well. Um, you play as three different characters. Um, so Nero, which was the guy from four Dante, who's in all of them. And then this other guy called V and I've only played like the first hour. So, um, V is weird though. Cause he's, he fights with animals. So oh, he has okay. like a bird and a panther. He's very emo looking, um, like black hair over his eye and like tattoos all black and i think he's wearing sandals or something <laughs> uh this doesn't sound like a badass this sounds like a yeah chick. exactly <laughs> <laughs> the other two guys are cool though uh nero's got like one arm now because in four he has both his arms uh, so something happened uh, where he has one arm i think he has like some kind of gauntlet or something in does he four. I thought he did. Uh, I don't remember for as much. I played a long time ago, but he has that like rev thing that he does on his sword. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, like a motorcycle thing. Um, yeah. So in this one, there's a mechanic where you get different arms for. He has a robotic arm now, and and there's a girl that I guess gives you different arms that do different things, hmm. um, like like Gatling hooks and you know whatever they explode or like electricity shoots out of them and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I only played the first hour, but it was, it's pretty cool. It's very cool looking. Um, it's built, I think it's built in the, uh, RE2 remake engine. Oh, so yeah. it has that kind of look to it. 
I started uh, cool. the second campaign of that, but I haven't gotten very far. Oh, okay. I went through and played Leon, but then started playing Claire. Okay. And uh, it's pretty intense, so I <laughs> went and played something <laughs> else. But uh, yeah, I got I got like the first boss into DMC four, and uh, I loved one. I loved three. Never played two. Isn't two like noted as like the worst one? Yeah, it's, it's either uh, two or three. I don't remember which one it was. Two, three okay. is awesome. Okay. Three is uh, a prequel to one. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's cool. So really, uh, really enjoyed three. Three made a lot of sense, whereas one was kind of like what? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of figured I would be more into four, but uh, I would. I think I'd rather be playing as Dante instead of Nero. So. Yeah. Um, at when I played four, it was I I had only played one, and like Nero and Dante look so much alike. Like it, it yeah, it's that, weird. that's the other thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, maybe they just changed his name. I don't, I didn't know at in the beginning. <laughs> I probably just need to play a little bit more of it, and then maybe I'll like it more. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, you get well. I'm not gonna spoil it. So you you play four. Things yeah, happen. Don't, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> yeah, things happen. Uh, but yeah, DMC is really, really good though. If yeah, I own that one, chance. but I haven't tried it. Oh, you should play that. That's really good. I, it's one of the few games that I bought DLC for and played that as well. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, yeah. uh, I think we can wrap it up there. I'm uh, supposed to say that. I'm running. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shoot! Now you got me cussing. Um, <laughs> uh, go ahead and, and and take it away. All right, so we're gonna end it there. Uh, thanks, Lee, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I think we're gonna end the show now. I, I'm not a guest. I'm a normal person on the show. You don't have to. Thank I'm gonna me for thank being you here. anyway. Thanks for being here. <laughs> All right, Eddie. <laughs> we do this my way. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Tech Junior. Head on over to our site at techjr.dev for show notes and past episodes. While you're there, click subscribe to get an email from us once a week with the latest episode and some other goodies. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at TechJR Podcast. You can follow me at Lee Work Jr. and Eddie at ED0TER0. Join us next week. We are talking to David Ledgerwood and Megan Fister, uh, and they are well, I would say domain experts in hiring developers. So they know a lot about scouting talent and finding developers for businesses that need them to complete projects. So um, we're going to talk about resume advice and career tips, um, how to you know set up your LinkedIn, basically how to market yourself as a developer so that you can get hired. Um, so we really enjoyed the show uh, that we made. Um, for next week so uh it's packed full of information and uh we're we're really proud of it and hope you enjoy it uh so yeah join us next wednesday for that one all right that's all for me this week take care and see ya